All right. Glad you got the early crew here today. I think our second service will be a lot bigger today. What do you think? What are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? Probably the first thing that I can remember being passionate about uh, was Ghostbusters. Maybe some of you remember what that was. Um, when I was a little kid back in the 80s, I have no idea why, but I was a, a little kid pretty fired up about Ghostbusters. I like Ray and Egon and Peter and Winston and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And I had all of the action figures. I had all those guys. I, had, I even had the car, the Ecto-1. I had the old firehouse. And maybe like three of you know what I'm talking about this morning. But for those of you who are with me, I loved Ghostbusters. That really connected with me. Then I got a little older. My passion changed. My passion became basketball. And every single day after school, I would play basketball for hours. And I dreamed of being in the NBA. I collected all of the basketball cards. I had jerseys of all of my favorite players of Michael Jordan and Anthony Hardaway and David Robinson and, and on and on and on. And any time basketball was on TV, that's what I was going to watch. And... Um, of course, I wanted to be in the NBA. It didn't happen. But I loved basketball. I got a little older, and my passion was called Laura. And as time went on, whether I was playing football or sitting in class, or it didn't matter where I was or what I was doing, she was on my mind. She became my passion, and I spent the better half of high school trying to convince her that I was the one for her, and I'm still working on that. <laughs> what are you passionate about? Maybe you have a passion about your family or your job, or maybe some of you have a passion about sleep. <laughs> maybe you're passionate about fishing or cooking or hunting or reading or, or video games or the Atlanta Braves, but whoever you are, you're passionate about something. Something fires you up. But I wonder, and, and I want you to know that I'm including myself in this concept, I wonder how many of us could say that we're passionate about the Word of God. This year, we're looking at the Word Immersed. And each month, we've been emphasizing a different aspect of what that Word means. This month, we're emphasizing the importance of being immersed in Scripture. I heard someone say this past week that there's, there's arisen a generation of people that love to talk about the Word of God, but don't really study it. Do you think that's true? I don't want that to be said of us. Maybe the better question is not just are we passionate about the Word of God, but are we passionate about studying the Word of God? Do we really love it, or do we really just love to talk about loving it? Do we really know it, or do we just talk about knowing it? So this morning, I want to introduce you to someone who was very passionate about the Word of God. To someone who had a sincere love for the scriptures. To someone we should all admire. But the thing is, we don't even know his name. We don't even know who he was. His identity is never revealed to us in scripture. But one thing's for certain. This guy was fired up about the word of God. He had a love for God's word. He understood what it meant to be immersed in scripture. We don't know his name. But we know him as the writer of Psalm 119. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms this morning, or Psalms, as it is sometimes referred to incorrectly. It's found, it's found on page 545 of the Bible there in front of the, the pew in front of you. We're going to be in Psalm 119 on 
page 545 in the Pew Bible. In a large crowd this size, we probably have some people who've been here over a thousand times. We probably have some people who've been here, maybe this is your first time to be here. Maybe we have some people who've been Christians for 50 years, I know we do. And then we probably also have people who've been Christians for a few weeks. We've got people who aren't Christians yet. People who haven't obeyed the gospel. But regardless of who you are, I want you to know that you've made a good decision today. You've made a good decision by being here to worship the almighty God of the universe. And so this morning, for everybody's benefit, let's all start on the same page and let's all kind of jump in together so that we can all understand what's about to happen. The book of Psalms is the largest book in the Bible. The word psalm actually means song. And so what we're looking at this morning is a book of old songs that the Israelites sang. That's kind of cool, right? It's, it's an old song book. But what do you know about Psalm 119? Chances are, you, if you know anything about it, you know that it is long, right? 176 verses, making it the longest chapter in the entire Bible. But remember, we're not just talking about a chapter, we're talking about a song. And I've always wondered, what would it have been like to be in an Old Testament worship service? The song leader stands up to announce, good morning everyone, please turn to song number 119. Do you think people groaned? <laughs> Do you think people went, ah, this song is, takes forever? Do you, you know the preacher had to be thinking, oh great, now I've got five minutes left to preach at the end of this thing. Everybody's thinking, why couldn't we have just sung Psalm 100? You know? And then it had to send them over the edge when the song leader said, if you would please stand with me. You know, it just had to be the, the end of it. I wonder how many times they got to one... To, to verse 176, and people are passed out on the floor from sheer exhaustion, right? This is a long song. Of course, I'm only kidding. But Psalm 119 is a long song. That's all, not all you need to know about Psalm 119, because there's so much more here than what first meets the eye. If we look a little closer, you'll notice that almost every single verse, almost every verse, the writer speaks about the Word of God. Go ahead and look through there real fast. He uses words like law, rules, testimony, word, saying, commandment, statute, promises, ordinance, judgments, precepts, way, path, and truth. They're all synonyms for the word of God. Now that's amazing. That's amazing. 176 different ways of expressing his passion for the word of God. But then if you'll take an even closer look, you'll find something even more mind-blowing. Now look with me. Do you see how the verses are broken up into 22 sections of eight lines? You see how the spacing is kind of weird in this psalm? What's that about? Well, this is amazing. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Remember, this is a song originally written in Hebrew, not English. So 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Stick with me. Every one of the lines in this paragraph begins with the appropriate Hebrew letter marking that stanza. Did you catch that? The first eight lines begin with the letter Aleph, the second eight lines with the letter Beth, and so on and so on. And, and do you see those words capitalized under each section in your Bible? Maybe you see that. Those words are their letters. And if you'll see the example on the screen, it, it'd be like a, us making the first eight lines of, of a song start with the letter A, and the second eight lines with the letter B, and, and so on and so on. That's incredible, right? That took a lot of skill. Now, when we, when we really take a minute to look, we don't just see the quantity of the psalm, but we see the quality of the psalm. This is one complex, 
piece of poetry. There's a great deal of structure within this psalm. And let's say that you took an even closer look at Psalm 119 to see what it says, because we haven't even read it yet. We haven't even read a verse. By the way, I hate it. I wish we had time to read through the entire psalm out loud together today, but go home and do that today. It'll take you about 15 minutes, and you'll be glad you did that. Since, since we don't have time to read all of its 176 verses, here's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to look at the principles that we can learn from Psalm 119. While we don't know his name, the song reveals a lot to us about the writer. So let's go behind the music and take an even closer look at, at this passionate writer. And in honor of, of its style, all of our points this morning will begin with the corresponding letter of our alphabet. So naturally, we're going to have to move quickly if, um, if we're going to do it like this. So these verses would be great ones, by the way, if you're into this. It'd be great to underline these verses in your Bible. They're so beautiful. What principles can we learn from the, psalm, from the writer of Psalm 119? From the letter A, as you can already see, we can learn affection for God's word. That's pretty obvious, right? It's pretty obvious. There's no denying it. This is a guy who loved the word. We can't emphasize it enough. There's no way that you could write this psalm without a sincere love for God's word. It just couldn't happen. Psalm 119 verse 97 says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. He loved the word of God. We see an affection there. The letter B is for big picture. The psalmist saw the big picture here on earth. He used words like sojourner and stranger to describe himself. Look with me at verse 19. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. Verse 54, your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. He understood that this world was not his home. From the letter C, we see the unmatched counsel that the writer understood that only God's words can provide. Verse 24, your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. From the letter D, the psalmist despised evil. We said that in almost every verse of Psalm 119, he talks about his love for the word of God. Well, maybe in a fourth of the verses, he talks about his hatred for evil. You can't love God's word without hating evil. I'll highlight one, one verse, uh, verse 163 that says, I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. The letter E is for evangelism. Now, this one's a little interesting because we don't hear a whole lot about evangelism in the Old Testament. And really, the word evangelism means good news, or the word gospel means good news, the evangelism means it, it, bringer of good news, an evangelist is bringer of good news, so you can't really say, I guess, that he was technically bringing the gospel, but this is a pretty cool concept. Obviously, the psalmist couldn't preach the, the gospel yet, because in his day, there was no gospel to preach yet. Jesus hadn't come to the earth, um, but the psalmist understood the importance of talking about his God in the presence of other people. Listen to this. Look with me at, at verse 13. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. Also, verses 46 and 47. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. He wasn't afraid to talk about his God. The letter F is for friends. The psalmist understood the, the company that he kept was important. He surrounded himself with like-minded people. Verse 63, I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. 
the letter G, he was guided by the words of God. Verse 9, we, we just sang it. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. And verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. H, he understood the importance of his heritage. Parents, the psalmist understood the major responsibility of passing down the word of God to his children, to his family. He understood his legacy. Verse 111, your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. The letter I, he inclined his heart to God. Verse 36, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. J is for judgment. The psalmist had a reverent fear of judgment and and so should we. I think Psalm uh, 119 verse 120 is very interesting because here's a guy who says things like, your word is, is sweeter than honey to my mouth and oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day long. And then he gets... It gets to verse 120 and he says something like this. My flesh trembles for fear of you and I am afraid of your judgments. We have to remember that our loving God is going to judge us. Going to judge all by everything that we do and everything that we say. That's a scary, humbling, sobering thought. And the psalmist remembered that. K is for keeping K is for keeping. The psalmist kept the word of God. We mentioned earlier a difference in loving to talk about the word of God versus loving to study the word of God. But we ought to make this distinction too because there's a difference in talking about the word of God versus actually doing what it says. Verses 1 through 4 of uh, of Psalm 119 describe those who keep the word. The very first verses in the psalm. Blessed are those, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You've commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. He didn't always do right, as we'll look at in a minute. But throughout the psalm, great emphasis is put on keeping the words of God and doing as it teaches. L, he learned faithfulness in affliction. Let me show you what I mean. Verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. Now look at verse 71. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Now what's this about? The psalmist, the psalmist here uses that word affliction, which is a word we don't use a whole lot, but what is it really talking about? He was talking about a time that he, he went through something difficult. Verse 71, he says, it was good that I went through that time. Because it caused me to learn your statutes. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Some of you have been through really hard times. Some of you have been through times where you wouldn't wish them on anyone else. But if I understand the psalmist here, and and for those of you who've been through times like that, he's saying here that if not for his affliction, then his faith wouldn't have been as strong. He had to learn the statutes of the Lord because they were the only thing that he could count on. The only thing that would hold him up. Look in verses 92 and 93. Unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. The psalmist learned faithfulness during times of of affliction. The letter M. He memorized the scriptures. He memorized the scriptures. Look with me at verse 11. 
Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's an old song called, Oh, How Love I Thy Law, that maybe some of you remember. That comes from verse 97 where it says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate it all day long. Verses like these show us the power of memorizing the word of God to take a stand against temptation. Jesus took these verses to heart, didn't he? He did. I'm beginning to wonder if, if in our society of convenience, if this is a discipline that, that may be disappearing or is maybe in danger of disappearing. People may think, why would I need to memorize the scriptures if I can just pull it up on my phone? Why would I need to memorize the word of God if I can just pull it up on this website or I could just pull up my iPod and here it is. And I'm extremely, extremely grateful for, for technology. Don't get me wrong. But we've got to make sure that the, the discipline of Bible memorization is not one that, that dies, but one that stays alive. Because in order for us, for the word to be hidden in our heart, we've got to know what it says, don't we? The letter N, he acknowledged his need for God. He needed God. Now, this is pretty cool. I almost didn't catch this to bring it up, but I want you to see this. Notice how in almost every line of Psalm 119, the psalmist is telling God that he needs him to take action in his life. If we miss this about Psalm 119, we miss something big. In verse 8, he says, don't forsake me. In verse 10, he says, don't let me wander from your commandment. Verse 12, teach me. Verse 17, deal bountifully with your servant. Verse 18, open my eyes. Verse 19, don't hide your commandments from me. Verse 22, remove me from reproach. 25, revive me. 27, make me understand. 28, strengthen me. 29, remove me from the way of lying. Verse 31, don't put me to shame. And in verse 145, he says, hear me. In verse 146, he says, save me. In verse 86, he just cries out, help me. We could go on and on, but the point is, he knows he needs God, and so do we. And we ought to tell him. Tell him that we need him. Tell him why we need him and what we need him to do. The letter O. He was offended by those who refused to obey the word. He was offended by those who refused to obey God's word. Verse 53, indignation or anger has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Verse 158, I see the treacherous and I am disgusted because they do not keep your word. And also 136, my eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. That's how much this guy loved God's laws. It's not necessarily the most fun part of Christianity to talk about, but sin ought to offend us as people of God. The letter P is for praise. You've already noticed that about three of the songs that we sing from this one song, or three of the songs that we sing in our worship today come from this one song. Verse 71 says, My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. And verse 172 says, My tongue will sing of your word, for all of your commandments are right. The Psalms are deep, endless rivers of praise before God. And Psalm 119 is no exception. Cue is for question. The psalmist asked God questions. He asked God questions. He inquired things of God. Verse 82, My, eye, my eyes fail from searching your word, saying, When will you comfort me? Then verse 84, how many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? Do you ask God questions like these sometimes? 
from verse 82. When will it end, Lord? When will you comfort me? Or, Lord, how much longer do I have to wait until you punish those who make me miserable? It's okay for us to ask God questions. In fact, we ought to. We ought to. From the letter R, we see that this man had a deep respect for the Word of God. The entire psalm drips of respect for the Word of God. I can't just highlight one verse showing you this principle because there's respect coming out of his heart and coming out of his pen in every single word. The S is for shame. The psalmist felt ashamed of the sin in his life. Something amazing happens when we look into this word. When we look into the word of God, we begin to realize how imperfect that we are and how perfect that he is. The more we're exposed to the word, the more we begin to feel ashamed of how we've treated him and how we failed him. Look at verses 5 and 6. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into your commandments. But the most incredible verse in the entire psalm, in my opinion, just might be verse 176, the very last verse of the entire psalm. Well, he wraps it up with this grand finale of a one-liner. He says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. He ends the psalm by saying, I'm a sinner, and I stand in need of forgiveness. I'm a wayward sheep, and I need you to seek me, Lord. For a guy who seems so in tune to the word of God, for a guy who seems like he's got it all together all throughout this psalm, we get to the very end, and it may just be the most comforting verse in the entire psalm, because this guy knows that he's inadequate. Even this guy is a sinner. The letter T. He trusted in God's ability to deliver him. Verse 153. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Verse 170. Let my my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. The letter U. He was urgent to obey God. Verse 60. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. Have you been delaying in your obedience to the word of God? Maybe you know exactly what you need to do. You just haven't had the kind of urgency that you need to have about doing it. And it's my prayer today that you'll be urgent in your obedience, that you'll make haste and never delay in keeping God's commandments. The letter V, he sought vision from the Lord. One of my favorite verses is verse 18. And I think it's something that we ought to pray whenever we study from God's word. He writes, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Verse 34, give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Another good verse to pray as we study. The letter W, he understood true wisdom that comes from the word of God. These are verses 98 through 100. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all of my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, Because I keep your precepts. Students, it doesn't matter how smart your teacher thinks they are. It doesn't matter how many people think they're smarter than you. Because the Lord is the one who grants us true understanding. You might get laughed at for something that you believe. But if that's what the Bible teaches, you may stand alone. But you stand with absolute confidence that every word of this book is right and true. The Bible is true wisdom. The letter X, I had to get a little creative on this one because xylophone just doesn't work. There aren't a lot of X words. 
But use the letter X and write this beside it. The letter X crosses out things, crosses out things that we want to disregard or erase or remove. The psalmist understood that there were some things that there were that he had no business in. There were some things that he wanted nothing to do with. Look at these with me. Several times he speaks of his hatred for evil. In verse 29, he puts the X over lying. In verse 36, he X's out selfish gain. In verse 37, he says, turn my eyes away from worthless things. He X's out things that are worthless. In verse 133, he says, let no iniquity, let no sin have dominion over me. The letter Y is for yearning for the word of God. Verse 131 is vivid. It says, I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. And then finally, the letter Z is for the writer's zeal for the word of God. Verse 139 says, my zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. As we wrap up, there's something, there's a question that I ask myself at any time that I preach or teach or write something, there's a question that always comes to my mind, and, and that question is, so what? What's the point? This message is great and all, but what's it really mean? You can't be asking yourself that question after you read Psalm 119, because its message is clear. There is nothing like the Word of God. I want to love God's Word. I want to love God's Word so much that I study it. I want to study it so much that I know it. I want to know it so much that I talk about it. I want to talk about it so much that I lead others to it. I want to lead others to it so much that I keep it. I want to keep it so much that I go to heaven. And I want to go to heaven so much that I obey it. What are you passionate about? Or to ask it in another way, where is your heart? Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Do you treasure the Lord? Does he have your heart this morning or does your heart belong to someone or to something else? Today you can give him your heart. It might be that you're ready to become a Christian by being baptized, having your sins washed away, turning away from the old lifestyle of sin and following after Jesus. Or it might be that you're already a Christian, but you'd like to ask for the prayers of this church as you rededicate your heart to the Lord. Wherever your heart is, make haste to obey His commandments. As together we stand and sing.